We're about to read Exodus chapter 35, but something a bit curious is about to start happening. We are now going to be reading material that we've pretty much read before. From Exodus 25 to 31, it was describing the building of the tabernacle, all the instructions. And now we're going to read from 35 through to 40, almost exactly the same thing over again. And so I'm going to explain a little bit about that later. But as we read, don't think to yourself, oh, haven't we heard this before? Yeah, you have. <laughs> you heard it before. But this is part of the Bible and is repeated for reasons. Some of them that we know and some of them that only God knows. We'll get to that. But anyway, we're up to Exodus 35. Moses assembled all the congregation of the children of Israel and said to them, These are the words which Yahweh has commanded that you should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of solemn rest to Yahweh. Whoever does any work in it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations on the Sabbath day. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which Yahweh commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to Yahweh. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as Yahweh's offering, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, rams, skins dyed red, sea cows, hides, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. Let every wise-hearted man among you come and make all that Yahweh has commanded. The tabernacle, its outer covering, its roof, its clasps, its boards, its bars, its pillars and its sockets, the ark and its poles, the mercy seat, the veil of the screen, the table with its poles and all its vessels, and the showbread, the lampstand also for the light, with its vessels, its lamps, and the oil for the light, and the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil, the sweet incense, the screen for the door at the door of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering with its grafting, with its grating of bronze, its poles, and all its vessels, the basin and its base, the hangings of the court, its pillars their sockets, and the screen for the gate of the court, the pins of the tabernacle, the pins of the court, and their cords, the finely worked garments for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. All the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. They came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and brought Yahweh's offering for the work of the tent of meeting, and for all of its service, and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought brooches, earrings, signet rings, and armlets, all jewels of gold, even every man who offered an, ar an offering of gold to Yahweh. Everyone with whom was found blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skin dyed red, and sea cow hides brought them. Everyone who offered an offering of silver and bronze brought Yahweh's offering, and everyone with whom was found acacia wood for any work of the service brought it. All the women who were wise-hearted spun with their hands and brought that which they had spun, the blue, the purple, the scarlet, and the fine linen. 
All the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun the goat's hair. The rulers brought the onyx stones and the stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate, with the spice and the oil for the light, for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a freewill offering to Yahweh, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all the work which Yahweh had commanded them by Moses. Moses said to the children of Israel, Behold, Yahweh has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. He has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of workmanship, and to make skillful works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting of stones for setting, in carving of wood, to work in all kinds of skillful workmanship. He has put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with wisdom of heart to work all kinds of workmanship, of the engraver, of the skilled workman, and of the embroiderer, in blue, in purple, in scarlet, and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of those who do any workmanship, and of those who make skillful works. So a lot of what we've just read, you've heard before. Some of it's condensed, but a lot of it is repeated exactly the same. And that's going to happen now for the next six, is it six or seven chapters? In the next six chapters, we're going to have a lot of repetition. So hang in there with me. <laughs> and when we get to Leviticus, there'll be a lot of repetition there too. And um, when I was a child, I uh, didn't understand these parts of the Bible and, and I found them incredibly boring, but I pushed through because I wanted to say I had read the whole Bible. If that's you, and if this is your first time, push through, because it, it's, it's something wonderful about having completed the whole Bible. But then, of course, go back again, and the more you do it, the more you're going to get out of it. And so many commentators have skipped these chapters. So when you're reading commentaries, which I do, and you get to this chapter, it says, See the comments from chapter 25. <laughs> so it's just like kind of like saying, we've got nothing new to add, go back and look at those other comments. But there actually are things that can be said here. And there are some commentators that have noted things, and I noted things myself without the use of commentators. Um, but one thing that I did read in the Burton Kaufman commentaries was that there were um, skeptical people, and they don't think that the Bible was written by one person Moses, they think that, you know, the old, this book, Exodus, was written by Moses. They think it was written many years later, like say a thousand years later or 900 years later, and it was pieced together by priests and, you know, and scribes, and, and, and they think that that's why some of the parts are repetitive. They think that these later authors got a bit of here and a bit of there, and they just shoved it all together, and that's why you've got the duplication. But that's, that's actually... A, basically a load of nonsense. Because we see this type of repetition regularly in the Bible and in other ancient documents. In other words, it's, it's not just because someone decided to grab a few bits together and shove them together to make a new book. No, it's because there was, it was a literary feature. So you can get, there's a story of King Cretus, you know, written by an ancient, uh, it's an ancient Greek account, I think, and it has this exact same thing, this information repeated and repeated and repeated, but each time it's repeated, it's slightly changed, which is what we have here. In any case, 
if later authors were doing that, piecing bits together, why, if they were constructing a book, why would you put in duplicates information? That wouldn't make sense either. Like in our modern era, if we were gonna do that, if you're gonna make a book by gathering up bits from all other authors, you wouldn't have the same information twice. No, this was done deliberately, and it was done by the author Moses, and it's, it's similar to other ancient books where they did the same thing. There's a reason for it. Basically, the repeating is normal for the time, and it's a feature, and there's a reason. Not a sign of multiple sources. And uh, anyway, the first big giveaway here is that the tense has changed. So the first time everything was said, it was, it was in the future tense. And the reason for that is because Moses was up on the mountain the first time with God for the 40 days, and God was saying to him, these are the things you have to tell the people. So it hadn't happened yet. He hadn't told the people. But see, now this is after the second time. So Moses has come down. There was the golden calf. Everything was destroyed and ruined. They never got to get started, but then God agreed, we, we will still do this. Moses went up the mountain for the second time and reheard all those things. Now Moses has come down, and this is now from the point of view after the second 40 days on the mountain. Now Moses is some of the time telling them what to do, actually telling them the words of God, and some of the other time it's reporting that they've heard what God said and they're actually doing it. So we're now in a kind of past slash present tense rather than a future tense. So there's been a change. And so um, that's actually really, really significant because it's actually confirming, it's kind of like confirming that the people have heard what God said and we're now doing it. Very, 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 very cool. And so the first time, you know, when Moses had gone up the mountain and we had all those instructions, six chapters from 25 through to 31, we heard all the things that God said, but Moses never actually got to tell those things to the people because he'd no sooner come down the mountain and the golden calf was there and he was dealing with that and God was like trying to call the marriage off. You know, the covenant was broken and, you know, they hadn't even got to get started and, and God was saying to Moses, you guys go on to the promised land and leave me out of it. And so it, it, Moses never got to sit down and tell them all the things that God had said. But after Moses interceded and God relented and he did agree to go with them and then Moses went up the second 40 days and this time he came down and his face was shining and then he told them the things that God had said but of course his face was covered when he told them. Now what we've got are thoughtful people. We've got people who've lived through the golden calf incident. They've seen others just, you know, basically killed for rebelling against God. They know that, that this God of theirs is, is not Moses because they tried to replace Moses with the calf, but they know Moses is not the God. They now know that God is invisible. You can't make an idol of him. They've learned more things. And then they also know that God has standards. And now they've heard the words of God that Moses brought down. And now we see being reported what's happened. And many of it, much of it sounds very similar but what we're seeing here is the obedience of people. And it's terrific. It's actually, it's very fulfilling. Like for, for an, uh, particularly for a Jewish reader to read this and see the people rebelled and God punished, but now it's being fulfilled. Now what God said is being done. It's actually quite remarkable. And it's something to give thanks to God for, to give thanks for his mercy, that he perseveres with us, even though we are just like these people.
And finally, the people had a change of heart toward God and they wanted to do what he said. And that's, I think, a good point to finish this video on. Are we people that want to do the things that he says? Are we people that, that want to hear God's voice? You know, when Moses comes down from the mountain that second time and tells them what God actually says, are we people that are going to listen to that and say, you know what, we will do that? and they start to do it. They start to give of their gold and their silver and their fine linen, and the tabernacle starts to get built. It's actually really encouraging. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for people with that heart toward him that say, Lord, I will listen to your voice, even in all the details of it, and I will follow you. And um, of course, we're not supposed to do what they did, like build a tabernacle. But you know, there are other things that the Holy Spirit leads us to do, and we should have our hearts turned toward Him. Lord, I thank you that even though these next six chapters are repetitive, it's teaching us other things. I thank you for the lessons that are put here into the Scripture when we dig a little bit to find them. We're so grateful to you, grateful for your love. Lord, let your power come upon us and let us to be people attentive to your voice, willing to obey with a whole heart. In Jesus' name, amen.